There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine, living, and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets, let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. My name's Andy Ruffhead. I'm the curate here at St. Paul's. Let's pray as we come to God's word to, to reflect on it. Heavenly Father, God of all, we come before you, um, before your word, as we've heard these words of Jesus, and we ask, would you speak to us this morning by your Holy Spirit? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What do true riches look like? And how should we make use of the resources that we have been blessed with to help others? Those are the questions that that Jesus is confronting us with um, from his word this morning. What we're picking up here and the, the second half of chapter 16 in Luke's gospel is a longer uh, passage, a longer block of Jesus' teaching on money and generosity and caring for those who are less fortunate than ourselves. It's paired with the parable, the story of the shrewd manager, which Eleanor Jeans, our associate vicar, was preaching on two weeks ago, two Sundays ago in the morning. Um, and we're picking up um, again on this now. And there's a key verse that comes just before 
our passage this morning kind of comes sandwiched in between these two parables. And it's a very well-known verse, Luke 16, verse 13. Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And that, that very much is flowing into what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus tells the story of two people with very different circumstances, doesn't he? There's a rich man who lived in luxury, had everything um, he could ever want or need and more. And there's a poor man who had nothing, um, who was hungry, who was diseased, who was ritually unclean. And that this poor man is laid at the gate of this rich man's house. Notice he's laid there. He didn't go there himself, but he was taken by others, um, you know, perhaps hoping that he would be cared for uh, by this very rich family who lived there. And notice, too, that he's laid at the gate. Um, this is the, the entrance to the rich man's estate, to his, his house and his, his grounds. Um, so these two would have seen each other every day. When, uh, when the rich man went out and came back in, he'd have seen Lazarus, um, the beggar, there. So he was aware of Lazarus's need, but he did nothing to help him. Um, and the story goes on, as we just heard, you know, they, they both die and their circumstances are reversed. It's Lazarus who's carried by the angels um, to heaven. But the rich man uh, says stays, he stays down in the grave in Hades, um, which is the kind of uh, in, the, in the Greek uh, culture and thought at the time, this was the grave. This is where, you know, you went down, you're buried in the ground um, when you die. Now, this is not a parable about the mechanics of how heaven and hell work, um, but rather it's a call for each of us to see our lives in the context of eternity beyond death uh, and live accordingly now. Um, so I would suggest it's a mistake to go looking in, looking in this passage to see kind of the fine details um, about heaven and hell. Jesus is really wanting to put his finger on what we do now with the things that we have and our call to be generous and compassionate. And to consider what do true riches look like? In the light of eternity, what does it mean to be truly wealthy? And how should we make use of the resources that we've been blessed with to help others? So I want to share just a few thoughts from this passage for us this morning. And the first one is this. We see here God's amazing heart for the poor. God cares for the poor. He's on the side of the poor and the marginalized and the oppressed. Um, a major characteristic of Jesus' earthly ministry was to uh, the outcasts of society, those who were on the edges, those who were poor, those who were unclean, those who were sinners. And of all the gospel writers, Luke gives the clearest expression to this. Um, that's why uh, it's no coincidence that it's only Luke who reports this story that Jesus told because this is showing God's heart for the poor and Jesus' um, great heart for 
those who are marginalized. Notice how tenderly God treats Lazarus. Let's look at verse 22. It said that the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. The, the angels carry Lazarus up uh, to be with God. Um, the suggestion actually is that unlike the rich man, this poor man, Lazarus, probably didn't even get a burial. Whereas the rich man was buried, Lazarus is carried up uh, to be uh, with Abraham, to be with, with the great patriarch and father of the Jewish people. And notice too that uh, Lazarus is brought up to Abraham's side. In the Greek, literally to Abraham, into Abraham's bosom. You know, this idea of, of being laid in a close embrace, a really uh, an intimate place uh, that, like a child would have uh, with their parent. Abraham, yeah, he's the, the great patriarch of the Hebrew people. He's their ancient ancestor. And yet the place of honor is taken by Lazarus and not by, um, not by anyone else, not by this, this rich man, certainly. Uh, a few weeks ago in chapter 14 of, of Luke's gospel, we were looking at another parable that Jesus told, a parable, uh, well, a, a story he tells when he is at a, a Pharisee's uh, house for dinner, and he talks about how you shouldn't take the, the, the seat that's of most honor but rather take the lowest place and then you can be told, friend, move up higher, move to a, a higher place, move to a better place. And Lazarus epitomizes that. Someone who was so humble and lowly and yet is brought up to Abraham's side. In his earthly life, Lazarus had suffered at the hands of so many, but God saw his simple heart of faith and welcomed him with honor into his presence. God's heart is for the poor. We see that here. Second thing from our passage this morning is um, we see here what's sometimes called the great reversal of the gospel. You know, God's economy does not work like the world economy. Verse 25, um, and this is, this is a, a stark a verse. Abraham replies to the, to the rich man, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. Now remember, Jesus is not trying to tell us some explanation about how divine judgment works here. Um, you know, we know from um, from Jesus' teaching and, and the, the Bible, the, the New Testament, um, more generally, that we are saved by God's grace, his freely offered gift of grace for us, and we're saved through faith in Jesus. Jesus, the very one who's telling this parable, went to the cross for you and for me to pay the penalty. Uh, so we're, Jesus is certainly not saying um, some kind of karma uh, you know, if you receive good things now, you, you'll get bad later and vice versa. But rather, Jesus is illustrating that God is a God of justice. 
And his heart is for the poor and the oppressed and those who don't receive justice in this life. And, and so the outworking for us is the way we live now, the way our hearts are postured now, um, speaks volumes about where our loyalties truly lie and, and how reversed our lives have been by God's amazing grace. If we're a Christian here this morning, how, re, how God's great reversal has affected our own lives. You know, this rich man was, was a Jew who presumably prayed to God, worshipped, went to Jerusalem for the festivals, um, knew the Torah, the, the Moses and the prophets, which, um, which Abraham points to at the end of the passage. Yet his actions show that in reality, he had no interest in living God's way, no, no compassion for, uh, for his fellow um, Hebrew uh, who was in need. This great reversal is a big feature of Luke's gospel. Again, I want to take us back to Luke chapter 6. This is where Jesus um, speaks the Beatitudes these are these very famous uh, statements of Jesus, and uh, we, see, we see also Matthew's gospel. But in Luke, we get blessings, blessed are you who are poor. But as we'll see, I'm going to read it through now, there's also woes for you who are rich. So the Beatitudes, Jesus says this, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. You know, Lazarus, this, this poor beggar, he gets the kingdom of God, the, the, the seat of honor in the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Lazarus' name rejected through his whole life is, is honored in heaven. And Lazarus' name is noted in this parable. The rich man, his name is forgotten. Doesn't matter what he was called, but Lazarus is honored. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that's how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Like this rich man in the parable. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. In other words, those who set their hearts on this earthly life alone will be greatly disappointed in the next. That's what Jesus is telling us. No matter how successful you are, no matter how secure I may feel, no matter how honored and prestigious and comfortable, you will be disappointed in the, in the next uh, life, in eternity, if we set our, our hearts only on this life. And likewise, the other side of the coin, those who set their hearts on eternity, who get right with God, who seek his face, who hearken to his word, to Moses, to the prophets, to uh, God speaking through all the Bible. No matter what this earthly life may hold for us, eternity is better by far. Jesus doesn't speak these beatitudes, this parable, to condemn us, but rather to grow God's heart in us. 
uh, that we too might seek that blessed place uh, of compassion um, and solidarity uh, with those less fortunate than us. And we see this reversal, this great reversal in, in this story Jesus tells, Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man lives in comfort, but, but then uh, in eternity he has agony. Uh, Lazarus, by, by contrast, lives in agony in this life, but is comforted in the next. Um, as I said, the rich man's name is forgotten, but Lazarus's name endures. The name Lazarus means God has helped. And Lazarus's name is, as it were, written in the book of life and is honored um, in heaven. A gate kept Lazarus outside and in poverty in life. And that chasm keeps the rich man away from God in death. Uh, the rich man wouldn't share even the scraps of his food that you know, fell off the table and got eaten by the pets. Um, and the rich man, likewise, is una unable to receive even a, a drop of water uh, when he's in the grave. And yet some things stay the same. The rich man, he regrets his life decisions, but his character is manifestly unchanged. Notice how he, he still speaks about Lazarus as, as someone who's beneath him. You know, he says to Abraham, send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. Or send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Uh, he's, you know, he's, there's still a sense in his heart that it shouldn't be like this. Lazarus should be, do, should be doing, um, should be attending to me, even in, in uh, this place where, uh, where, where I'm in Hades and he is up there with Abraham. Also notice he only cares about his family. He says, tell my brothers. He hasn't learned uh, even in this place, uh, God's call for us to be compassionate to everyone in need around us. Uh, C.S. Lewis, great Christian thinker and writer, um, writes this um, in a book called The Weight of Glory. So thinking about eternity. It says, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. And their life is as to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. What Lewis is pointing out is that the reality of um, eternity beyond this life and Jesus calls us to to live with our eyes on on that prize um, and in fact that me if, if we're truly living that way it means we see everyone around us uh, as someone that God is or God would love to uh, to make into an everlasting splendor God will bring justice for those less fortunate than each of us. So let's seek to live lives of generosity and compassion after his heart. Okay, thirdly, um, and, and I'll close with this. Just want to bring it back to us. Okay, what, what about us? What, what does this mean for us? And what should we do? 
And the, the thing that, that is really challenging me, and I offer it to you as well, is that Lazarus is still at the gate. For each of us, Lazarus is at the gate. Jesus ends his parable with a cliffhanger ending, which um, is his style. He often does this. And it, it's, we're left with a question. This rich man's five brothers, will they repent? Will they change their hearts to care for the Lazaruses who were laid at their gates? We don't know. So I'm just going to read from verse 29. Um, Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, the rich man said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. They'll change their ways. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Well, for us today, we do have someone who has risen from the dead, even Jesus God's own son, the one who speaks this parable. So the question that we are confronted with, the reader of Luke's gospel who knows the end, who knows where it's, who knows where it's going, how are you and I going to live generously and compassionately to others today? Now, we all have different circumstances, but the call of Jesus to care for those in need um, is for all of us as we have capacity and primarily, this is a, a matter of our hearts. It's a matter of the heart for us. So, you know, I, I don't have any easy kind of think, practical, do this, uh, and, and that, that'll solve it for you. Um, the followers of Jesus in every generation are called to, uh, to work this out. One way that, that, uh, that this works out in the life of the church here at St. Paul's is we do have a hardship fund. This is something we set up as a church and um, gave into as a community at the start of the pandemic. And, uh, and we, we're blessed still to be able to use it um, even now to help those who are in financial hardship. And if you're in a place of financial hardship, please get in touch with us. Um, and if you are in a position to be able to give, then that's, that is available. Please get in touch with us um, as well. Lazarus is at the gate. Lazarus is still at the gate today. In a world of mega corporations and nuclear weapons and international trade blocks, Lazarus is at the gate. In a world of ISA savings accounts, pension pots and payday loans, Lazarus is at the gate. In a world of personal luxuries, things that we think we've got to have, things that are necessities for us, Lazarus is at the gate. For each of us, Lazarus is at the gate and God calls us and longs for us to, uh, to be conformed to the heart of Christ for those less fortunate than us. Um, we're going to pray uh, just after I, I read this uh, verse from 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, just to finish. 
Paul writes, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. The, the model and pattern of, of our Lord Jesus, you know, the one who wasn't just in Abraham's bosom, but as the king of heaven, gave up everything, became a, a human person like us, fully human, fully divine, and gave up everything materially in his earthly life and, uh, and supremely on the cross for each one of us. Uh, and that's the pattern that we are called to live, to live by and to follow today. Let's pray. Can I invite you to stand, us all to stand, if the band wants to come up. And I just would like to leave a, a moment uh, for us to, to respond in our hearts to the Lord. You might want to kind of open your hands in, in front of you as just a posture. I'm coming before you, Lord, uh, to receive from you. Um, and so I pray, would you come, Holy Spirit, now? Come, Spirit of Jesus, Spirit whose heart is uh, for those who are marginalized, for the Lazaruses of the world. Lord, I pray, would you open our eyes to see Lazarus at the gate, what that looks like for us, Lord. Pray, would you open our hearts for compassion and generosity and radical, sacrificial love after the pattern of Jesus. I pray, would you open our downtrodden souls to the joy, to the blessings of heaven. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak to us now. As a church, may generosity, financial, relational, spiritual, material in every way, would it rise up from this place to all who are around us in the name of Jesus, for his sake, for his glory. Lord, would your kingdom come here, your kingdom of justice, your kingdom of equity, your kingdom of wisdom and joy. May it be in our time, Lord, in our places, in the places where, where we live and work and, and spend our time and are responsible. Thank you, Lord, for your great sacrifice that you made for us on the cross, which we come now to, uh, to celebrate and participate in at Holy Communion. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.